All right, welcome to the State of the Lakers, presented by Dash Radio. Thank you guys so much for staying up super late to talk some really unfortunate Lakers basketball again with Raj and I. Raj, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. You know, a little bit under the weather weather here, so I'm going to try to fight through it. But yeah, another tough one, tough night. But how are you, man? Happy holidays to you. Hope you're having, I hope your night was more enjoyable than whatever the hell we just watched there. Man, I, 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 I'm trying to, uh, you guys know, I'm trying to keep a positive attitude, but it's just, it's tough. It's tough for a bunch of different reasons because, you know, I thought the Lakers had done a really nice job of building some good habits over the course of the previous month. Habits that were a clear shortcoming of the team to start the season. And there was some positive results coming that added legitimacy to those habits. And we've gone over those at length mm-hmm. over the course of the last two podcasts, so I'm not going to get into them. But the point is, is you know, as you and I have frequently said, there needs to be, you know, a result that makes what you're doing worth it. And unfortunately, under these circumstances, you've seen a lot of players like Russ, like even LeBron a little bit and some of his defensive attention stuff, uh, definitely with guys like Mello and Wayne Ellington. You're seeing all of them massively regress. And I don't blame them in the sense that I understand the nature of the situation. And we're going to talk about the situation more here in a minute. But, like, that's the most unfortunate side effect of this whole thing is it kind of feels like progress is being undone. Does that make sense? Definitely. It's it's felt like two steps forward and then one step back, right? That's what it's felt like all season Losing Ariza, though, was deflating, man. That's just tough. You know, like he missed the whole season already, comes back, plays two games, and then he's out again, this time for um, health and safety protocols. And it's just tough. We have guys coming in and out of the lineup, coming in and out of the rotation. You get Ariza back. I mean, sorry, you lose AD and you get Ariza back, and then you lose Ariza. Now you have all these kind of G-leaguers that was well mixed into it. Isaiah Thomas playing a bunch of minutes. We just have no rhythm, and it's basically just watching LeBron still be LeBron while the rest of the team uh, just try to figure it out. And that's what we're kind of we're watching. I don't expect the team to be locked in defensively every single possession, but it definitely felt like they let go of the rope in this one. It definitely felt like the body language dropped, especially in that third quarter. Even the end of the first quarter, honestly, once the Spurs started to just hit their shots, run you know a few actions that got a couple of baskets, uh, and that game felt over to me. Like, Jace, did you ever felt like this game was close? Like, I never really felt like the Lakers were that in in this game. Like, it felt like a 12 to 13 point game uh, the whole time. And I just never felt like we were coming back, even as well as LeBron was playing. LeBron had like 23 at halftime. And I just never felt like we were into it, which is really disappointing. And Russ had his crazy third quarter, right? He had like, I think, 17 or 18 points in the third quarter. But I just never felt like we were in it, which which makes me worried about the games coming up here. Uh, And we did play a lot of players who won't be playing in the rotation, but I think there's a thin line to walk here that I don't know. Like, does that make sense? Like I'm having a tough time bridging those two where you can't blame, you can't judge the team because they're not healthy, but there's also a baseline level that I expect from them as competitors. And that's like stuff that I'm, I'm battling back and forth here. You're seeing that, uh, baseline level of effort out of LeBron and Russ. I mean, you saw LeBron throughout the game, continue to be aggressive to the rim and just take a beating driving to the basket. I didn't even think he got as many foul calls as he should have in that game. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Russ in the third quarter. But, you know, again, like we said, a lot of these guys, these, you know, the, there's an invigorating 
attitude to the way that Melo will approach a spot-up opportunity to elevate into a three-point shot that's missing on the defensive end. And he had started to build that over the course of the season, and he let go of that rope. And, And Wayne Ellington was just barbecue chicken all over the floor tonight defensively, constantly getting knocked off balance by the bigger Spurs guards. And that was frustrating to watch, but you know, this kind of takes us into this, this idea of weathering the storm. And I'm stealing that phrase. I'm stealing that phrase from our friend Pete from Laker film room. Cause he tweeted it out before the game when the Ariza news came back, uh, came out because the reality of the situation is, is that a lot of teams are dealing with this COVID situation right now. But the truth of the matter is, is that, uh, oh, some. Uh, my guess is that by middle January, most of this COVID stuff will be mostly behind the NBA, meaning it's burning through the league right now. They're changing the protocols. They're making it so that if you're boosted, you don't have to mm-hmm. get tested every day. So what you're going to end up seeing is these teams are going to end up being fully boosted or most of them will be boosted. And then they just won't get tested anymore. And then you won't see any COVID positive tests. That's what's going to actionably happen and then the NBA will mostly rest- restore back to normal. So there's like that point there in the middle of January where things will get back to normal. But over the course of this next week or two in particular, it's going to be weird. And we just kind of have to push through it. And a lot of teams are dealing with it. That said, I've disagreed with some of the strategy stuff here because LeBron has always loved playing with veterans. We know that there's always the, the joke that everyone tells about LeBron showing up to a team, immediately discarding all of the young players, bringing in older guys and going on these short, you know, two or three year long championship hunts with a specific group of older guys. That's the way he's wired. And Mm -hmm. I actually, I actually like that concept when this roster is whole and healthy. Like I like the idea of having a core built around LeBron, AD Russ and having six or seven really savvy veteran players mixed in with like one Austin Reeves type or one THT type. I like that formula, but over the course of this next couple of weeks, I'm really confused, like genuinely confused why the Lakers didn't try to load up on bigger athletic six, eight, six, seven G league players that are obviously limited offensively, but then at the very least, you can try to maintain some of the progress we've made over the course of the last month with our habits. And I I was confused by that from a strategy standpoint. Like I don't understand signing Isaiah Thomas. Like I just don't get that. And I, you know, I'm rooting for Isaiah Thomas. I'm hopeful that he gets an another opportunity when his contract runs out. But ideologically what this team needs, especially in a a situation like this are guys who are, fighting for their NBA lives guys who uh, particularly guys that have the size and athleticism to where that, you know, them selling their soul on the court on both ends of the floor in terms of their effort just leads to this like tangible physical onslaught. it's, It's the most amazing thing about the Memphis Grizzlies right now. They just had a stretch where they lost John Morant for the better part of a month and they won most of their games. And some of it is how good Desmond Bain is. And some of it is how good Dylan Brooks is. But a lot of it is just they're big and strong and athletic and they play hard. And the problem is, is when we're missing Anthony Davis and, you know, when LeBron can only play 35 minutes a night, 
it's, there's a lot of times where we look at our lineups and it's like, well, that guy's small. Well, that guy's skinny. Well, that guy doesn't move very well. Well, that guy's lazy. And then you're blown away that they can't get a defensive rebound or that they get beat down the floor in transition or that they can't hold their own at the point of attack. And it's like, this is kind of what you sign up for when you don't have, when all your athleticism and size is tied up in your stars, if that makes sense. Yeah. And on like Isaiah Thomas, like, I think it's fair that, you know, the team has a lot of people out and stuff like that. But I mean, I just don't think we play a lot of lineups that are helpful to the players. Like Isaiah Thomas had two shots in 10 minutes at halftime. Like if he's not shooting, then he's really not, yeah, he's not (laughs) helping you. Right. And again, playing him next to Rondo and Russell Westbrook, to me, that just makes zero like that. And then playing it next to Melo as well, next to LeBron. Like those are four guys. I think half court hoops also tweeted out. Those are four defensive liabilities next to LeBron. And you're just going to get cooked that way and you're just putting a bunch of ball handling out there that with all these small guards makes no sense tht as well right i still don't like his fit uh, with the starters even though he played well i want to push back on this a little bit because i know you said weathering the storm and that all makes sense players are out anthony davis is out trevor reza is out kendrick dunn whatever but the starting lineup jason is players that are going to be in the rotation when it matters right like our starting lineup tonight was russ uh ellington who, who, I'm blanking on the start. It was, it was Russ Ellington, Dwight, THT, uh, and uh, LeBron. Right? LeBron, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So the, all five of those guys are going to be in the rotation when the games matter, right? And the Spurs still just cooked us in that first quarter. It was simple actions. It was a pick and roll, Deontay Murray, and no one tagged. So Jakob, Jakob Perto, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, uh, but just hit little floaters back to back to back. And there was just... We weren't competitive enough, even with the players, I believe, who are going to be on the floor when it matters, which I have, that's, again, to my part that I have a tough time bridging of the, yeah, let's not judge this team now, but there's also a level of competitiveness that I expect. Again, LeBron played well. I thought Russ had a really struggling first quarter. I think his turnovers really hurt us, and I don't think we're in position to have many bad Russ games. Like, And again, I understand he went off in the third I thought San Antonio had the game pretty much locked up during that time. They kind of kept us at arm's distance. Uh, we were kind of down 10 to 12 that whole time. But, yeah, like that's kind of – do you understand my pushback there, I guess, because the starters are players that are going to be in rotation, and I still feel like San Antonio outplayed us for a lot of that first quarter, and THC played well. I, I, not played well, but he played a lot better than he did in that first game. LeBron, again, played well. But I, I'm just seeing like there's not enough – execution there with the players that are going to play which makes it hard for me to just blame uh, us on having g-league lineups and again lineups aren't great i hate the it russ uh and rondo lineups like those make no sense deandre jordan played the fourth quarter god knows why um i thought dwight howard was a lot better than him for for the most part tonight dwight had a lot of frustrating fouls as well but do you do you understand my point there i guess in where like i still think there's a baseline level they have to reach because we played players that are going to play when it matters. And the Spurs still kicked our ass. We were down nine to end the first. It was like 33 to 24 or something. So you're, you're right that the Lakers normal rotation players also didn't play nearly well enough. You're correct about that. However, the vast majority of the Lakers normal rotation players that were active tonight were old guys and old guys, they, it's 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 a it's like a it's like a risk reward occasion uh, equation for them. I don't think they believed they could win the game. 
And but that's from, an issue then. That's that, a no, 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 no. You're right. You're right. But what I'm saying is, is, and this is a problem, but this is a problem that comes with older guys. This is why I advocate trying at least over the course of this funky stretch of games here to end the year. This is why I would have gone with younger players, because even if you can't win the game, at least a younger player is playing for his NBA career. He, his, his, his livelihood is on the line. And mm-hmm. so there, there's an effort that comes with that. With the older guys, like they're looking at it like, well, this sucks. Like they, we, we don't have any of our bodies. It's going to be damn near impossible to win this game. Why the hell am I going to put my body on the line to try to win this game when we can just go on a run in, in, in the start of the year when everyone's healthy again? Like that, that's, I, I would imagine that's their rationale. Now you're right. Like this goes back to the conversation we've been having about basketball character. That's bad basketball character in my opinion. And that's why you're seeing guys like LeBron who has good basketball character, who's a winner, who's accustomed to winning, putting it on the line tonight. You know, that's why you're seeing, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't love Russ's game tonight. And I think Russ has actually been slumping for a couple weeks now out of nowhere, but but you're seeing the competitiveness of LeBron and Russ and their basketball character coming to the surface. But with a lot of these other guys that don't have that character, they're struggling with this. And that's unfortunate, but that's to me where it's like, at least I can look at LeBron and I could be like, Hey man, like you're not going to have a lot of shooting. You're not going to have guys who can make plays off of you, but these three young guys I'm putting out with you for these four, these three or four BS basketball games that don't even resemble normal NBA games. At the very least, I promise these guys I'm putting out there with you are going to sell their soul on both ends of the floor with effort and physicality because they're fighting for their NBA careers. I, that, that, it, again, this is, this is really all moot because I think they'd probably lose this game in that situation anyway. Sure. But, at the, but at the very least, it's about the habits. And that, that's the most important part because the really unfortunate side effect of all of this is there's a situation where these guys are all going to come back and be healthy end of December, early January, and right. and they're going to have to go through another ramp up period for another couple of weeks where they're going to have nasty film sessions and coaching staff pointing out that they're making all these mistakes again, which is exactly what we just went through in November at the beginning of the month. That's exactly what we just went through. And we built all these habits back up to a passable basketball character. And then we let go of the rope uh, because of the, the circumstances, which again, as you keep pointing out, they're legitimate circumstances, but it's bringing out an ugly side of the, of the, of this roster makeup. You know what I mean? And that's why I would have, I would have been like, instead of it, let me go down to, you know, some G league team and find a six, seven, 230 pound athlete and just be like, look, man, you're up here for 10 days and I want you to grab every rebound. I want you to sprint the floor and transition on every possession, you know, set hard screens for LeBron and, 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 and maybe we'll be able to keep these games competitive. It just, and again, it's, it might not all have been worth anything, but that's just how I would have approached this. Yeah. And I think we saw one of those guys. I mean, Jamario Jones uh, played 12 minutes tonight. He got run like early in the game as well. I thought he ran around, played hard, only had one rebound, but I thought, you know, he did things off the ball. Uh, it's fun. It was fun to just watch him for a little while, just trying to cut in and stuff. And I would like to see Jay Huff as well. Like he made the cut 
And uh, I would like to see him at least get a chance here. But you're right. Hopefully they can play a couple of younger players. It's just like it's very easy to just make excuses right now. And I talked about in the last pod how this can this can crumble, right? Like this can this can break. We're a team that's under 500 now. And all that stuff you talked about how, you know, maybe they, they didn't believe they can win tonight and all that stuff. And that's all in the human element. I mean, that's natural. I don't think the Spurs are the team that you do that with. You know, the Spurs are six games. They were six games under 500 coming in tonight. Even with the players the Lakers didn't have, you're still starting Russell Westbrook and LeBron James. And LeBron being the guy who continues to play the hardest out of anyone uh, is really strange. And the Lakers went five for 18 from three tonight, or five for 27 from three, actually, which is probably uh, historically bad. That's 18 percent. But I thought they took a lot of bad ones as well. Carmelo took a couple, a whole bunch of contested ones. They need to flip this around, though. Like they they gave up 138 points to the Spurs. That's not missing Trevor Ariza. That's not missing Kendrick Nunn. You know, that's a that's a whole different story. That's a I'm just not going to rot- rotate anymore. Or I'm not going to close out anymore. Or you know that's that moves into that territory territory when you start going into that. I think Kate's Kate uh. Job yeah, job was like, it, yeah. yeah, he was like 10 for 10 tonight. And a lot of those were just catch at the rim, very little resistance at the basket layups. Like that's the stuff I feel like we can clean up because you're right. 80 is going to eventually come back, but you're hopeful this team's kind of going upward, right? When that happens, they're going in some kind of positive trajectory here. Uh, you can't just fall off the face uh, of the earth because he's out. You can't fall off the face because Trevor Reese is out. Like you said, a lot of players are out. Um, and I still hate the lineups and all that stuff, but I just think there's there's something deeper here to that we can fix ourselves. Like we shoot ourselves in the foot a lot and just blame it all on on people out. I think I think it's tough. I think there's actual basketball thing that we can fix. Uh, I think starting Dwight was a positive to that. Uh, but yeah, like I I just have a hard time going fully in one direction in terms of just weight and you know whether the storm is great. I think that's something we have to do. But we also have to live. The storm's gonna be here for a little while. You know what I mean? Like we got to live in it and learn how to live in it, I guess. Well, and I, I disagree with some of the, like, even in, even just accepting the fact that the Lakers opted to, you know, kind of go with the status quo in terms of our, our roster construct. Yeah. Even, even accepting that, I would not have gone with the rotation uh, that Fisdale went with tonight. So, for instance, like... Me either. Mm-hmm. Are we limited? Yes. But there were obvious decisions, staggering decisions that would have given us a better chance to win, in my opinion. So, for instance, like there should never, ever, ever, ever be a situation, even with this roster, even under the current circumstances, that Mason Jones, Rondo and Isaiah Thomas and Westbrook are all on the floor at the same time uh, with Melo at center, which is what we started, I believe, the second quarter with. Like that's just or ended the first, I can't remember what it was, but it was at some point in the first half. That's just nonsensical. Like, given the, uh, the, the players that we had available to start the game, decision one should have been, okay, are we playing one center or two? Okay, we're playing one center. Okay, the center's Dwight. Okay, well, LeBron's our other center, so we're staggering them. So guess what? LeBron's starting the game at the five. That should have been decision number one. Decision number two is THT should have been thrown in with the second unit, not because he doesn't deserve to start in a normal world. Of course he does. He deserves to start, you know, under, uh, under normal circumstances, but we have a better chance of winning a game, especially against a bad team. If we go with a, you know, Ellington, Russ, LeBron and inferior role players to start and then bring in a lineup that's built around THT and Dwight. So at least there's a baseline level 
of athleticism and size. You know what I mean? Like that to me, and again, it might not have mattered. We might've lost anyway, but just from a strategy standpoint, I think you got to try to run functional lineups. And what I thought was poor strategy was running all of our best players to start the game, our best available players, and then immediately just pulling them all (laughs) and going with literally just, uh, a, a hodgepodge of non-NBA <laughs> players and Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. Like to me, that just was poor strategy. But you know, the reality of the situation is, is Austin Reeves and Malik Monk are both going to be coming back very soon. And you know, Trevor Reeves is out right now, but you know, he's vaccinated. I believe I believe he's boosted as well. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but chances are we're only going to lose a reason for like two or three games. So you know, hopefully. Thing, this won't last much longer. But that said, like going into the game on Saturday against Brooklyn, mm-hmm. I, th- I think strategically they need to do a better job of staggering our talent. You have a better chance of pulling out a game that you have no business winning if you play a handful of good players with bad players rather than all your good players and then all your bad players, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I thought, no, so I wrote in my notes here, like the first – action of the game i guess was uh t they ran a high ball screen for tht right so they set everyone spaced out tht got a screen for lebron he was able to get downhill and he got fouled and that's stuff i would like to see with the second unit and like we talked about we can't just develop tht but we can put him in better positions to be successful throwing tht in the corner as if he's like wayne ellington or if he's a spacer like malik monk like that to me that's just doesn't put him in positions to succeed so I'm hopeful that they can kind of stagger a little bit better as well. To me, playing Rajon Rondo makes very little sense when both Isaiah Thomas, um, when Isaiah Thomas is in the rotation, like that feels like nonsensical to me. Uh, when you're having Russell Westbrook and Rondo at the floor, Rondo feels like a very worse version of Westbrook at this point in his career, right? Another guy who's a non-spacing shooter who needs the ball in his hands. Like those two together just make very little basketball sense to me. So I hope like they can kind of stagger those lineups a little bit better. I don't think it has to be so rigid. It feels like we try to keep these starting lineups together and keep these second units together. And then we get these, these like six to seven minutes of lineups that are going to get actually destroyed um, in their short time being. I want to read this little quote here that came out just recently. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot on this. So LeBron James tonight was asked, on, <laughs> was asked what it will take for the Lakers to be a good defensive team and his answer was, all our defensive guys are in health and safety protocols. So, so uh, what do you think about his, his kind of reply there? I don't think he's wrong, but I think that's just a, a funny reply to, to come out with. Well, there's a, there's a little bit of irony there because <laughs> I believe coming into tonight's game, the Lakers were top 10 defense. I, mm-hmm. I, could, I could be wrong about that. But the, for the last couple of weeks, the Lakers have been hovering right around the top, right around the top third. Uh, uh, the, the you know the right around that like border between the top third and second mm. third defenses in the league. So the truth of the matter is, is we've actually been a pretty good defensive team under the circumstances, which is hilarious because I would argue that there's so much room for improvement <laughs> on that end of the floor. Mm. Even even when we're playing well, there's so much room for improvement. That said, like you know LeBron's just point like you know LeBron got a bunch of crap for uh, uh, pointing out that the Suns were at full strength and we were not. Right. And I saw all over Twitter, I saw a bunch of people, a lot of Suns fans, a lot of Warriors fans, a lot of 
uh, which is hilarious. I was thinking about this. Story. Warriors fans and LeBron and Lakers fans, or rather Steph fans and LeBron fans, all they do is just trade completely nonsensical insults at each other. And nothing's fair. Everything is just complete BS. It's hilarious. But anyway, like they, they were going at LeBron for that comment. And I thought it was funny because, you know, the reality is, is like the reporter asked him a question. What do you want him to say? You know, yeah. like there were there was a handful of possessions there in that fourth quarter where I think it was Derek White and then <clears throat> I think the other guy was DeJounte Murray. They just put their head down and went at Isaiah Thomas, and he's just physically incapable of stopping them. He's just yeah. too small. And it's like there's no he scheme. He could have been out there. but Yeah, yeah but there's no scheme. There's no rotation. There's nothing you can do about that under their current circumstances. You're right. Like the starting lineup could have defended a little better, and that's a whole other thing. And we already talked about that earlier in the pod. But the point is, it's like, LeBron's right. Like step one to fixing any of the problems that you're pissed off about tonight's game. Step one is get guys back. It's, it's really that simple. Like it, it doesn't get any more complicated than that. Like this team functionally, like let's say, let's say you're down 10, um, you know, trying to win a game against the Spurs and, and it's LeBron and Anthony Davis is out, but I've got LeBron, Trevor Ariza, Austin Reeves, THT and Russ on the floor. Like, I think we're going to be guarding just fine. You know, like I think that lineup, I actually tweeted about that lineup earlier today. That's a very interesting switchy type of lineup to use with, uh, uh, with Anthony Davis out, but like, he's right. Like Trevor Ariza and Austin Reeves right now are probably our two best defensive forwards, not named LeBron. That's probably true. Right. So, Mm -hmm. and you know, and Russ, uh, Vinay pointed this out, and I think he's correct. Um, although I would argue that if you're going to make defensive mistakes, make defensive mistakes and give up jumpers, not layups. That said, um, Russ and LeBron both made a lot of defensive mistakes tonight as a result of fatigue, which is, which is to be expected. Um, but like in theory, bringing like as guys come back in, as Malik Monk can run some offense, you know, as things kind of get back to normal uh, in terms of our role distribution, I think guys will be able to click it back into gear. But uh, it's that simple. Reeves and Ariza are our two best defensive forwards, not named LeBron. And they're both in, they're both trapped in hotel rooms right now. I don't even know if they're back in L.A. yet. <laughs> so, like, the, the, the reality is, is it's just a really unfortunate situation. Actually, I think Ariza is back in L.A., thankfully. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he gets to spend some time with his family. But it's just... It is the reality of the situation. And if, if people are going to be mad that LeBron asks question, answers questions honestly, then don't ask him questions. If you don't want to hear LeBron point out the obvious realities of their roster situation, save the question, please. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah. I just think it's interesting because, you know, I, I don't think he's wrong that, you know, we have our defensive players out. I just think that we can still play better than we did tonight. You know what of I mean? Course. And, and right. those, yeah, and the starters especially. I, I don't blame, you know, those three guard lineups unable to defend. I just don't like that. You know, we have LeBron, Dwight, THT out there, and we couldn't stop, uh, you know, a pick-and-roll action that Spurs went two, three, four times. And that's effort stuff as well, like you said. And that's also players ball-watching. Uh, Russ, that's the reason. another reason I don't like the Russ kind of Rondo lineups. The both of them are very uh, – they, they like to ball-watch a lot. They'll do that uh, on defense. And putting those two together, uh, it breaks down any kind of defensive kind of cohesion – that you have but I think it's interesting I think LeBron's going to be blunt like this for the most of his questions uh as we go forward I think it's very easy to see that he was frustrated tonight as well right you could tell just all night 
he was carrying most of the load and you could tell it's it's frustrating on him and I don't blame him uh it just seemed like he's trying to will the team to wins here and uh, I thought he's played well in every single one of these losses right in Chicago against Phoenix tonight again like he's in Minnesota as well like he's played well in all these games and all of them have resulted in losses and like you talked about it you'd like to see some of the hard work kind of result in wins it just hasn't happened yet but yeah there's lineup stuff that we can fix here there's X's and O's stuff that we can kind of get into. I would like to run a couple more actions for Wayne Ellington with some more ball screen actions for THT. But yeah, we're we're just short manned and hopefully they'll they can get a win on Christmas. I think Kevin Durant might be actually back for that one, so I'm not I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, that's that's another tough one that and it feels like this is kind of how the games are going to be going forward at least until we get Reeves and Ariza back yeah. um, in, in a couple of days. Yeah, and the poor Kevin Durant again. Like, dude has already had COVID a couple times, and it's yeah. like, and he's again probably dribbling a basketball in his hotel room, trying to do cardio, and they're gonna throw him out there against LeBron. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just such an unfortunate set of circumstances. But let's hit, let's hit one last thing, and then we'll get out of here because I know our guy Raj is feeling a little under the weather, and he could use some <laughs> sleep. And I'm at an hour ahead of you, so it's almost midnight where I'm at. But uh, um, anyway, so uh, this was something that I I wanted to keep just as as one little kernel of positivity here, because I think we could all agree that the Lakers have played beneath their capability, right. Over the course of the season, like this is mm-hmm. okay. Are they, are they a 60 win team? I mean, maybe if they're fully healthy and things go right, but with the way they started the season with their habits, like even if they stayed healthy, they're probably closer to a 50 win team. But the true point is, is they they were not a 500 team. Like we, 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 this is not a 500 basketball team. This is a team that has played, you know, that is uh, through some poor play and some poor circumstances has resulted in a team that is 16 and 17. But the truth of the matter is, if you look at the West standings, you have these three teams at the top that are way ahead of everybody. And then you have Memphis who also lost tonight. So I think they're only three games up on the Lakers, but Memphis is like in that second tier, right? Like, below those teams at the top, but then everyone else kind of is a 500 basketball team. Like the nuggets are not getting Michael Porter jr. Back at all this season. And, uh, and they're not probably not going to get Jamal Murray back at all this season. So they're, they're just a 500 basketball team. You know, the, the Clippers without Kawhi in this stacked Western conference in terms of, you know, depth of talent, they're probably a 500 basketball team. Like they, they might be able to get up to you know, somewhere in the, uh, in the, you know, 45 and, you know, 37 or whatever, but they're not, they're not like a, you know, a a team that's going to end up with 50 something wins. So the truth of the matter is, is if you can just, just, like I said, get to the point where AD comes back and you're close to 500. If you're just close to 500, when AD comes back, you can go on a 30 game run where you go 20 and 10 and all of a sudden you're the four seed or the five seed, mm-hmm. right? Like that, that's the rea- that's the reality of it. So the fortunate circumstance here is the Lakers are lumped in with a bunch of teams who are kind of playing the kind of basketball that they were supposed to play. And we're the outlier. We're the team that's underperforming massively to our talent level. Obviously injuries played a huge role in that. So my point is, is that like, given the way the standings are shaking out, we don't have to worry about like last year, where we're sitting in a situation where 
there's like the sixth seed is completely unattainable. Like, I don't think that's going to happen personally. Um, so there, the, the, we don't need to be world beaters over the next month. I think we just need to play 500 basketball for the next month. If we can do that, and there are some winnable games coming up. I think we play Sacramento twice again coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we have some winnable games coming up. So if we can get right around that 500 mark, there's a legitimate chance to secure one of the four or five seeds, in which case it's just beat Memphis, which we absolutely can do, and then go beat Golden State. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's all sounds great. And, again, I don't want to be the one that sounds more down. Like, I, I think they care. They can catch up. Memphis is obviously playing probably the best basketball out of the people above. The Clippers are 17 and 15. But, I mean, right behind us is Dallas. That's 15 and 16. And I think they believe they're better and they are right. They've had they've missed Luca a lot of this year already, and I think they still have Luca out uh, and a bunch of people out with COVID protocols. Denver's fifteen and sixteen. I don't believe they think they're a under five hundred team, even with MPJ out and Murray out with Jokic. So I think there are still teams under us. And to me, like I can't even look at the standings yet. Like we're playing ourselves. Like we need to play at a baseline level before I can even look at that stuff. And you're right. If we can stay 500, I've said that too, uh, when AD comes back, but to me, like we need to start building up to that. Like we've lost four in a row. AD is going to be out for another four weeks. We're going to get a few guys back. Uh, and I like the positivity there, but I, I still have a hard time even looking at other teams, I guess, or trying to figure out standings. Like to me, if we're playing well and we go into the playoffs at the six seed, like I'm fine with that as well. Like how we're playing going into the playoffs or how we're playing when AD gets back, is more important to me, I guess, than the actual seeding. Just stay out of the seven, eight, nine, right? I believe that's the play in seven, eight, nine. So, like, just mm-hmm. stay out of that range, and I think we're fine. If you can stay at the six seed, or if you can go up, great. Um, I would kind of live with that as well. But yeah, like to me, we're playing ourselves. Like we're trying to build habits, build winning habits, like you talk about, build our basketball, you know, uh, culture and identity and and uh, and all that stuff. And to me, that's separate from looking at wins and losses like we need to be playing at a level to where we can be like okay we win our next four then you know we can jump the standings here but we haven't proven we can do any of that we were in a triple overtime you know game with sacramento like three or four weeks ago like so that but then we immediately won seven out of ten and we're really good on both ends of the floor that's that's true yeah i'll I'll give them that but like it's just like i need to see a little bit more consistency consistency you know what i mean Uh, before Mm. i can kind of get into that but i hope so i hope you're right like i'm I still believe that this, there's a good team in here when they're healthy, and I just want to see it at least once. I think it's so tragic how our guys have been in and out. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully they can get the win in Brooklyn because I think you know going two games under 500 would be tough, um, even with the amount of games left. Yeah, again, all I'm saying is in terms of the silver, because like, I agree with you. Like None of this matters if it'll play better. Yeah. But like, I, I, I don't think – I don't like everyone keeps saying like, are the Lakers going to be in the plane or the Lakers going to be in the plane? <laughs> right. I, I don't think so. And, and, and it's because of what I just said, like if the Lakers were in the plan, yeah. um, come April, I think that would be a direct result of them not playing well after AD came back. Like it, mm-hmm. it would require them not ever reaching a stretch of good basketball. But when, when the center of the conference is all hodgepodge around 500, Sure. Then if you then if you can go twenty and ten in thirty games with Anthony Davis, which is totally achievable to end the season, you're not going to be in the plan. Like that's just that's the reality of the situation because like they're not going to go ten games under five hundred over the next month. I don't think. I mean, 
crazier things can happen. Although I'll get ready for this clip to get uh, taken out and thrown in my face in a month. <laughs> but yeah, again, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying like, I don't think it's as dire as last year in terms of like, okay, now we have to play golden state in a playing game. Like I, I don't think that'll happen unless things get considerably worse. Like LeBron gets hurt or Ariza gets hurt again or something like that. Like, I think it would require some more very unfortunate luck. Um, but that's, that's all we got for tonight, guys. We're going to, uh, we're going to call it. We will be back. Raj, you're planning on, uh, doing the show Christmas day, correct? Absolutely. We'll be yes. here. We will be here after whoever <laughs> decides to play basketball, wearing a Brooklyn Nets Jersey decides to play basketball against the team full of unknown players wearing Lakers jerseys on, on Saturday night. Uh, this is going to air on dash radio tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Pacific standard time. And we'll be on our podcast feed here in about 30 minutes. As always, we appreciate your support. We hope you're enjoying the holidays and getting some time together with the family. And we will see you guys in a couple of days. Happy holidays, everyone. Thanks.